When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Everybody, we're doing our first bonus episode, uh, and there's two reasons really. It started as just one reason, mm. which is that one of us has already seen Al live this year. It was me, and we're gonna hear all about that. <laughs> but someone texted me. I was laying in bed this morning uh, at the time that we're recording this. The Buckingham Blues episode just dropped, and I'm yes. listening to us talk about how that song was supposed to be a parody of Jack and Diane, and I was like how do we get through this entire episode and not bring up the Simpsons? <laughs> and then one of our listeners also texted me and was like, Hey, in case you weren't aware and like sent me a link to the Simpsons clip, which the fact that it was like, in case you weren't aware, just felt all the more insulting. Cause really like you and I became friends because of a mutual love of the Simpsons. <laughs> so this yeah. is, yeah, this is a huge miss on both of our parts. It is. And I guess my only defense is that this is, I mean, I have seen it. I was gonna say season 14 Simpsons. So we're entering, yeah. The the you know we're 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 at, at a uh, we're entering a valley, yeah. <laughs> but um, I have seen this episode and it yeah completely. Um, I completely spaced on the fact that this existed. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. I, I I was lay. It was when I was listening to me singing the parody of Jack and Diane in the middle of the episode. And I was like, oh my god, no! He did the Homer and Marge one. He did the Homer and Marge <laughs> one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I mean, we're not going to, we're obviously not going to do an episode for like a 30 second clip. Uh, so I guess I'll throw that in here real quick for those of you who aren't familiar with it. Little ditty about Homer and Marge. Her heart was as big as his stomach was large. Oh yeah, they say love goes on Long after the grilled cheese sandwich is gone <laughs> It would take a man of stone with a funny bone of steel to resist that That's a story about Homer and Marge Two folks I helped out for a nominal charge After Homer went gay, they patched up their schism but the dude never dealt with his alcoholism Weird Al saying Oh yeah, the credits go on Long after the viewer's interest is gone Oh yeah, Weird Al had fun on this show Even if it was just a brief cameo Alright, 
so now that we got that out of the way, we've we've cleared our consciences uh, as both Simpsons <laughs> Sorry fans and, that, Al, and Al fans. Oh my god, um, you went to I think you said it was the first show of the tour, right? It was in Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, a short, <clears throat> excuse me, a short um, like hour and a half north of me in New York City. Um, okay. but his first show since uh, the pandemic. Um, so that was exciting and crazy to see. So. Um, was there I I'll start with this because yeah did you go to the previous um vanity tour or or is this your first time at the No vanity I did tour? go to the first one um and funny enough on that tour I went to also the first show in Poughkeepsie <laughs> um which was also great I mean that was part of the excitement of like this popped up again and the same group of friends almost the same group of friends saw that this was happening and was like, oh, well, we should do this again, like the first show of the tour. There's always something interesting about when you see anybody on the first show of a long tour. This is, the current run that Al is going on is six months long. That's um, insane. Incredibly long <laughs> tour for, <laughs> for him and his band. And it's all North America. Like, they're not going anywhere else. I think it's U.S. and Canada. Um, That's crazy. So they are going everywhere. So I'm glad I, we're talking about it now because if you're not, like, the odds of him coming to your town are extremely high. Yeah, they're very high, uh, yeah. and it's a weird time for touring. Honestly, it is. Yeah, uh, being like I know you know you're doing a couple shows with Weedus, yeah. uh in the next week or two, which I think you can actually talk about because we didn't have those dates set in oh, stone yes. when we block when we you know recorded this block of episodes. But yeah. um, also, like you know, we're friends with a lot of people who are in. I don't want to say that they're in minor bands, but but they're in bands that aren't. Taylor Swift size you know what right. I mean and yeah. I feel like bands that aren't at that massive top tier level are still having a very tough time with touring right because it feels like every yeah. venue is kind of like trying to fulfill the last two years of like big ticket events so like a, a medium-sized band isn't really able to play the normal venues that they play and have to find these kind of like more niche smaller Spot. So it's actually kind of charming to be like, man, Al still commands that much power that he's yeah. got like the six month like borderline arena level yeah, tour yeah, yeah. going on. No, and, and he <laughs> said on stage and I, I believed it. He was, you know, like um, how appreciative that they were that they booked this and then, uh, you know, really were not sure how it was going to go and how people were going to turn out and if people were going to be up for going out again. Um, but they sold out this show. They have sold out a bunch of the upcoming yeah. shows. It's also the vanity tour. So it is not a, uh, full scale Al show. Yeah. And as a side note, this is purely speculative on my part. I would bet anything. I think that they really enjoy doing these shows, but I would also bet anything that the vanity tour must be the easiest, smallest way they can tour. Probably in the time of COVID where he oh. does not go out with costume designers and a full production rig yeah, it's and just video him and the band and like maybe two roadies or whatever they, they yeah. can do it with a skeleton crew and get away with it like they, it's just the band on stage really a couple techs front of house helpers you know people who are working behind the scenes but it's a it, they can do it on a smaller scale and um still put on a great show so i'm i'm guessing that that's the reason why um we're getting the vanity tour again but um i am i mean i'm i'm all about it i love seeing him do this type of show because it's so, um, you know, I love the full show too. Like I, yeah. you know, we haven't talked that much about, 
we did talk about Alex experiences. Like the first time I saw him was on running with scissors. Yeah. And um, I saw like, him when I lived in LA about 10 years ago. There uh, you so go. he wasn't even really promoting any album. It was just him on the road. Uh, the only other question I have before we dive into this is, uh, having seen both first shows, a, was there enough variety that it didn't feel like it was a carbon copy of the previous vanity tour in the set list? And B, do you have a preference between the two shows of which one you think had the better set list for you personally? Uh, yes. So this is also a fun thing because the first one I saw was in 2018, I believe the year was of that previous uh, vanity tour. Sounds about um, right, yeah. And um, that was before I did the marathon where I played all the songs and I really like did a super deep dive into his catalog. And at the first show on the last Vanity Tour, um, mm-hmm. some of the songs that he did that were like debut, never performed live before tracks were later songs of his that I was not as stoked on. Like I wasn't bummed about it, but I was like, oh, okay. Like, But now I remember, you like, know all the songs so Exactly. Now I know them all so well. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to look up the set list from the uh, first time I saw him. I have the current one, but I'm going to... Look this up Dude, really quick. Setlist FM is is a beautiful, beautiful. Setlist. It's an incredible <laughs> resource. I love it so much. Um, here we go. Okay, so mm, yes, February twenty seventh, two thousand eighteen. So you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna run it down. This was the setlist right. from the first time I saw him on the Vanity Tour. Um, opened with uh, Fun Zone. Okay. Nice. Um, which we have not talked about yet, but I love the, like, that's the perfect song to open these shows because, 100%. and I'll just say right now, he, by the way, just for what it's worth, it kind of goes without saying, but the set list for this tour will change every night. They do not do the same set every night, but still, potentially spoilers, I'm going to say what he played at my show. If you want to okay. go into this with no surprises, maybe just yeah, be we'll aware. We'll be back on Friday with the regular exactly, episode. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, okay, the first time I saw him, Fun Zone, uh, his only uh, instrumental, where the okay. band plays it and then he comes out at the end, which I love. Um, then uh, CNR, um, and then Bob from, okay. uh, I believe that's from Poodle Hat, um, which it says here, that was the first time he had played that since 2008. Oh, nice. Um, Why Does This Always Happen to Me, also from Poodle Hat, first time oh, since 2008. Um, generic Blues, oh. first time since 1995. <laughs> that was pretty cool and crazy. Um, buy me a condo. Wow, um, that's yes. We'll be, we'll be recording an episode on that soon. About, that's how yes. early into it that is. I Jesus. know that was that was, and <laughs> it doesn't know that that was the first time in a while, but that really surprised me. Um, and then after that, it was the live debut of Jackson Park Express. Oh which, shit! <laughs> which I knew, and honestly, on the record, it that did not jump out at me at first. The live version kind of blew me away. It was that, so good live. I'll I'll save a little bit for when we eventually get to that episode, but since that might be two, three years from now, because that is very deep <laughs> in the later yes. later years. Um Jackson Park Express, I didn't pay attention to until I heard uh Harry Chaplin's taxi and realized that that's what it's an homage to mm-hmm. and then i i mean i 
basically fell in love with two songs simultaneously at yeah. that moment. But yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's uh, again on the record. I didn't. I thought it was nice, but it didn't kind of grab me. I heard the live version. And I was like, "Whoa, this is quite a." Uh, it's quite that's an impressive music. feat even trying to any of these I long know, yeah. closers live seem mm-hmm. like has he ever done Albuquerque live or is that a spoiler he has yes <laughs> okay um, that's an and, impressive uh, one too yes exactly uh, and we will get to that but um, so Jackson Park Express after that the first time ever live debut of the song stop forwarding that crap to me <laughs> which is like okay cool not immediately my favorite but that's fine live debut cool then uh, Craigslist, um, Good Old Days, great. Nice. Um, happy Birthday, which it says here, first time since 1985. Dear Lord. Which was crazy. <laughs> that was, um, you know, he. we talked about how, um, or we continue to talk about how the album one stuff is not his, uh, not, not a lot of his proudest work. Um, yeah. But Happy Birthday did make a reappearance uh, a couple times now. Uh, then You Don't Love Me Anymore. Um, party at the leper colony that's fun and weird um don't download this song also a live debut nice um when i was your age another interesting also a live debut never performed before that was super cool i loved that um melanie i really like the song melanie again i cannot wait to have an entire episode to talk about that song but that is i think (laughs) one of his better original like that is a really well-written song the the I want to say maybe that yeah I'd say about even worse right when even worse hits mm-hmm. I think you start to see some really impressive like yes soul like original songs that could have just been standalone songs by a band yeah like absolutely like yeah. if you no. just took out like the weirdness in the lyrics they are like perfect just radio pop songs and Melanie's a great example of Melanie that. is dangerously <laughs> close to being a normal song <laughs> dangerously close like it could just be this great track that someone wrote yeah it's um, just a normal Al- a normal Albert Yankovic song <laughs> exactly exactly um so yeah Melanie and then uh one more minute which nice. is great uh he then did a medley of uh, parodies, but like an acoustic sort of medley, which uh, he's oh, done nice. it on and off over the years. Like he did, according to this, I wouldn't remember offhand, but he said it was a medley of Eat It, I Lost on Jeopardy, Amish Paradise, Smells Like Nirvana, White and Nerdy, I Love Rocky Road, and Like a Surgeon. It's a um, really eclectic collection yes. of choices. Yes. And this is again him trying to, like, um, I guess throw people a bone if they've sat through all of this non-parody material and had no clue. They and had no like, idea. Oh, the, poor, the, I love- the few people who showed up and did not get the memo. Yeah, um, they're like, oh, I just wanted to hear "Eat It." And they're like, yes, oh, thank exactly. God. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then he take an, takes an encore break, and then after that, um, he comes out for the encore. And now there's a little bit of setup to this on the Vanity Tour, and this was the first night, so we didn't know this was going to happen. Um, he his encore, the first song of the encore every night was just a straight cover song. Okay. And they did a different cover every single show. So which what I'm cover assuming, did you get? So for the first show in Poughkeepsie, they did Smoke on the Water by Deep okay. Purple. Uh, it was fine. Um, if anything, in that moment, I was like, I couldn't believe that they were just doing a straight cover. Like that oddly <laughs> amused me more than anything. I was like, this is better than a weird parody. This is just like them doing a song. Um, and then one more bone thrown at the end, <laughs> Smoke on the Water, and they closed with The Saga Begins. Nice. 
Um, and that was that show. That was in 2018. Fast forward to today, same venue, uh, f- over four years later. I wanted I want to take a quick pause to just talk quick about pause, the cover yeah. song. Quick cover, c- quick cover song pause. Yes, uh, I do know that he has recorded a handful of weird covers. Yeah, um, I feel like he's covered "Beat on the Brat" by the Ramones for like a Doctor Demento Ramones tribute album or he something. He did, and it came out on Record Store Day as a seven inch, I think, of just That's again awesome. just a straight cover of "Beat on the Brat." <laughs> Um, that seems like it's become a more recent thing that I think he has just enjoyed doing. Because I um, know that the big thing is the Radio Radio cover. Are you yeah. familiar with the, the Yeah. like And even that's like weirdly a parody of some pop culture thing that I feel like people just a couple years younger yeah. than us don't even understand or get yeah. anymore. <laughs> but that's the only times I can think of of him covering. Just for the listeners who might not understand how truly rare it is for like there to be a, a weird out cover song i mean the georgia of the jungle we're not going to do an episode on georgia of the jungle we'll probably just give it a brief mention right when we get to that album but that was as a joke because they told him he should try covering a song so he just covered a 20 second <laughs> theme song like yeah so yeah, it's I, it's weird that he's leaning into it more now <laughs> i think it's still there i think you can go online and i don't know if it's the whole thing or just samples but you can hear a video got posted on YouTube of just either all of or bits of all of the covers that he did on the first run of the Vanity Tour. Amazing. Um, and it's so eclectic, as you'd expect from Al. It's all over the place musically. Um, all of these different uh, types of cover song. I would guess that he and the band probably just like worked them up in soundcheck every day and yeah. uh, added into the set. It's, again, such a great thing about this show is it really just highlights how amazing his band is. It's such a show of the musicianship of these guys, um, which I love. Um, so yeah, you, you can look that up and, and see these little samples of all the things he did. One thing from the first leg that I remember that I loved so much is they did a uh, um, a cover of uh, Summer Lovin' from Greece, and he, in- <laughs> he invited somebody from the crowd to come up because it's a duet. So, yeah. <laughs> and in this like sample, I heard like they tried to do a duet, and this person, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'm maybe not the strongest this singer. The <laughs> well, no, he just didn't even know the song. It was like a random person, like come up and sing this song, and Al just like assumed this person knew the track. And you just hear <laughs> in the recording, you just hear Al go like, "I met a girl crazy for me," and then the guy in the crowd goes, "I saw this movie once." <laughs> and that's it like he just had no like that's, and then they just abandoned the idea but it was really funny that's um, perfect all right so let's yeah. let's take us back to tuesday night yes so Tell tuesday me night about your experience yes and <laughs> a very different set fewer firsts but i guess that's to be expected given the uh um how many firsts he did on that first leg of of the run yeah um once again opened with fun zone I'm happy. Perfect. That's great. I love that as an opener. Um, after that, he did the song Lame Claim to Fame. Love Which apparently that he has song. not done in a long time. So that was cool. Like since the record came out. Fun fact um, with Lame Claim to Fame. Uh, we do have a like one degree of separation to the director of that music video. So if we ever do sit down with people really? who've worked for Weird Al, Lame Claim to Fame is probably going to be one of the first music video News directors. News to me. To That's great. To. Good to know. Yeah. A, a friend of Geekscape, uh, her like old roommate did the music video. So she's in the music video as one of the faces on one of the characters going by. Oh, that's so awesome. She that's awesome. She's offered to uh, 
connect us so we can talk to that. I guy, love it. So. I love it. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a great that's a great track. I was very happy. I had definitely not heard him do that before, so that was fun. That got me into that song. Actually, was what got me into Southern culture on the skids. It was kind of a band that just like. I missed like I never they never yeah. went under my radar but I dug that song so much I dug deeper into their catalog and was like this band rules <laughs> to be honest I actually had to double check because I heard them do it I was like I know this is a style parody of someone and I could not remember who it was and I had to check like oh right southern culture yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much them doing the camel walk sound yes almost like that specific song yeah, but, all right, yeah. so you, the great um, so kickoff that, right now great, so great, great kickoff and then we have a couple in a row that match the previous show i saw which is fine but then after that it was bob then it was cnr mm-hmm. and then it was why does this always happen to me um which is great i love that uh, you know i'm on board for all those then i was very excited we got uhf oh which God. was a real thrill for me i had never seen him do that before that rules. that is that is very i mean playing my cards way early here but <laughs> I could see there being a world where that makes my top five original Al songs. Yeah, I it's think great. That, that song is unbelievable. <laughs> he also did a um uh uh he he joked about it in a funny way. He he mentioned the fact that he the you know the movie is coming out about him and mm-hmm. he joked about he's like, Oh, you know, there's a movie coming out and we actually recorded a brand new song for the title, the closing credits of the movie. I think that's true. And he was like, and so if it's cool with you, we're gonna play it for you right now. And then, like, they pretended to start playing it, and I was like, no, we can't do that. There's, like, all these, we're not allowed. He's like, so we'll do the song for my last movie, which came out um, shortly before Daniel Radcliffe was born. <laughs> he, he had a joke in one interview I was reading where he's like, when I made the cinematic masterpiece UHF, I made a promise to myself that exactly every 35 years I would make a new movie. <laughs> it's like, like, it like something like that. It was whatever the exact time frame was between like 2023 when that thing eventually gets released in 1989. He was like, that was my promise and I fulfilled that promise right now. There you go. There you go. Yeah. it's uh, it, For a minute, he had me. I actually really did think he was going to play a brand new song and I was like oh my oh no it's just I, but then it was UHF so it was like how mad can I be exactly um, it was great um, uh, and then he did another like favorite of mine that I had never seen him do before I don't think which was Skipper Dan which he has not done in a very long time that was exciting that is that is another one that I could see in my top five top ten of that, all time I, that, I, that, I, that has a real that's very near and dear to me that track that is a, a great I mean I think a, anyone who's like that's a real like gut punch to anyone who tries to make a living as a performer. <laughs> Skipper well, Dan is a tough. It's, it a the performer life thing for sure. Yeah. Then B also like the fact that you did the Weezer covers and then you did the Al covers know, and it is yeah. it is his Weezer song if there ever was one. It absolutely is. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, musically it's fantastic. Lyrically it's that great combo for him of like kind of funny and also kind of crushing. Yeah. Um, oh, and God, that chorus. Oh, that so chorus good. just is so. I'll yeah. like literally just be like, "I'm a tour guide <laughs> on the jungle cruise round." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, he he has that ability, especially when he does the style parody, to somehow channel all of the best elements of a, another artist, and then put out something you're like, "This isn't even that person," and yet it's like the best thing they've done in years. I've said like, it a million. times. He can times. beat them at their own game. If I had, if I had an unlimited resource of money to just throw around. 
I would 100% put together a cover album where it is like Weezer covering Skipper Dan and Devo covering Dare to be Stupid just to like hear the actual band's interpretation of a Weird Al style parody of themselves. It would be, it, I know, man, I would, yeah, I would fund that project with you in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> How, what a treat that would be. Um, yeah, so Skipper Dan was so great. Um, then another real big one for me. This was a good, I'm just now realizing what a good triple threat this so was. So I'm going to say literally the second set better than, even better than the first show. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give, they, I, I loved this set. Um, <laughs> Uh, Skipper Dan, and then we got Nature Trail to Hell. Oh, man. Made me very, very happy. That was great. He did Another a really good job of bouncing soon. around and hitting a bunch <laughs> of different records here. Um, so Nature Trail, um, Velvet Elvis. Ooh, again, which off was, of what we were saying, it, that, yeah. that even worse era, he really started to solidify himself as just writing Indeed. good pop songs. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Indeed. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, Close But No Cigar. Um, another great later one, him doing Cake. A band oh, I really so like well. so well. <laughs> um, they did. He did a funny like sort of setup where he told a totally not real story of how he met Steve J and Jim West uh, at a Ramada Inn. They were the house band at a Ramada Inn, and he heard them playing a song, and that was when he knew that they were perfect for his band. And they did a loungy, almost like a bossa nova version of Dare to Be Stupid. That's amazing. Um, that I'm was have to really that. good. Was someone really has good. probably already uploaded it's that probably, onto YouTube, yeah. and I will yeah. find it and watch it today. Apparently, <laughs> someone who got the set list, it said on the set list, Dare to be Stupid, Ramada in Lounge version. <laughs> so that's what you're looking for. Um, great. I, again, had never heard that song like that before, so that was super fun. Then, another good one, he did Dog Eat Dog. Oof, that's which, another one that's coming up pretty soon. I, I know. love that. Couple, and I'll say that, it now, and I'll try to remember to say it when we actually record this episode, but he said something that I really liked, which is um, Dog Eat Dog is from Polka Party, right? Yes. Yeah, it's from Polka Party. And he his setup for it, he was like, um, he's like, this is one of my favorite songs that I have ever done off of what is maybe my worst record. And again, I'm going to push back and disagree. I think yeah. that Polka Party is another one of those records like this self-titled that is very under underappreciated. And under, so I, it was interesting to hear him say that, like so yeah. self-deprecating about that record, because I wouldn't have thought I know that it's not everyone's favorite, but it was interesting to hear him say that about Polka Party. So I'm going to tell this story now. I was going to save this for when we eventually <laughs> did Polka Party. The day that I texted you with the pitch to do mm. this podcast, I was in my car listening to Polka Party and I was like, what can I do to shine a spotlight on how good I think this <laughs> record is? <laughs> so it literally stemmed from that specific album and it probably was during Dog Eat Dog because I was like, this is such a good song Dog Eat that nobody amazing. knows. Like, it's a, That's amazing. That's a really, really good style parody. That's yes. excellent. Um uh, where are we? There? Okay, so Doggy Dog, then um, Young, Dumb, and Ugly, 
Okay. Interesting. I, cool. Not my favorite. Not but... your favorite. That's totally fair. <laughs> um, you don't love me anymore. Loved it. Classic. Um, he did uh, Craigslist again. His doors pastiche, and he did it way extended in a way that was really funny. He basically went into a full-on Jim Morrison like freak out, screaming <laughs> about his mom. Um, that was excellent. Um, Melanie again. Um, he must love it as much as we he, do. He must love it as much as we do. Um, <laughs> and this was interesting. So this is the only thing that he did that was an actual like lot. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's two live debuts here. But uh, this was the only thing that was a debut of any kind. And this is really funny to talk about because we're talking about a, I mean, uh, he t- turned to Jim West and said, um, uh, he said, like, for the audience, people who don't know, Jim is a very accomplished musician of his own. He's re- released just as many solo records as he has with me. He's a Grammy Award winning solo artist. Mm-hmm. And I've given him the opportunity tonight to play one of his original songs. We've got the time. I think you guys are nice. You're going to be up for it. And I did not know this was a thing, but what Jim West did is he played the theme song that he wrote to, I think, what is the only other competing Weird Al podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) The Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, which I did not know. They had Jim West on, and he did the theme song for them like as a a thing. And he he went up there, and he played. And I, I saw after the fact, I guess one of the guys from that podcast was at that show, and they had no idea that that was going to happen. So I cannot even imagine That's how that is insane. And honestly, like <laughs> that is just such a testament to how cool these dudes are. Like that is a crazy awesome thing to do. That's to record amazing. it in the first place is amazing, and then to do it on stage is like, wow. Yeah. No, and it was, I, it's 15 seconds long. I was gonna so say, and that's not, so no. niche. You know what oh I mean? Like God. that's almost like that is just for. Do you think it's because they knew that the guys from the podcast were from? Maybe. I can't imagine I, that I, they're doing that every show. I, I will say that they've only done two shows on the tour, and I did look at the set list for the second show, and they did not do it again. So maybe yeah. it was because they knew they were there. I I don't know. That's um, still crazy. That it's dude, so crazy. What a, I mean, amazing. again, I just <laughs> I, I I can't love these guys enough. Um, and then. <laughs> The last song of the set before the encore break, as you forecast, Albuquerque. They did oh, Albuquerque. Wow. I, that um, is, that's an intense. I was gonna say he's doing a lot shorter songs than the previous set list, but yes. when Albuquerque's like three, don't stop forwarding that crap to me. So exactly, like, exactly. <laughs> and he did a funny thing. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine who had seen him do it before told me I didn't know that this was a. I guess he has done this as a recurring joke, but he does a really funny thing. So first of all, Albuquerque is already insanely long. Yes. And then in his, uh, the the bit in the middle of the song where it's about the, do you have any apple fritters? No, we're at yeah. apple fritters. Do you have any jelly donuts? No, we're out of jelly donuts. He must have gone back and forth with at least 30 types of donut. <laughs> he just kept going and going and going. And it was fantastic do you have any boysenberry donuts do you have any marionberry donuts uh, <laughs> it was excellent i love this um, man so much it's... it was it was great and then as the song goes on he gets to a point where um in this song man i i can't uh, albuquerque when we get to it in his catalog we might have to break that into two episodes oh, so I was much say, that might be a whole month song. we might just have honestly albuquerque I, month. I, I don't know how we could possibly <laughs> cover it all because uh, even now i'm overwhelmed like i don't even know where to begin <laughs> Um, but, uh, um, 
he gets to the point towards the end where he loses his train of thought in the recording, yeah. you know? And on stage, he does that. And he's like, oh, God, I kind of lost my train of thought. Where were we? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> he's like, And then he's like, it's the first show of the tour. We're a little bit rusty. I apologize. We got to start over. And they start the song over again, straight back to the beginning. And I just was like, and I thought it was a joke, but he fully goes through like the first. And I was just like, oh my God, they're just doing the song over again completely. (laughs) And then the joke of it was truly, it was brilliant. He gets through the entire sauerkraut bit at the beginning. And then he's like, now I remember. That's the what I wanted to say. The real point is I hate, hate sour. Cr- and then they finish the song that way. But he That's must have added brilliant. for what's already like a ten or eleven minute song. It, they must have stretched it to at least fifteen plus. That's insane. Um, it was so 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 good. Because <laughs> yeah, I was then, say, the part where he loses oh, his train of thoughts like ten minutes into a twelve minute yeah. song. I was like, dude, if he's playing it a whole 10 when he started again. it over again, and I thought like, ah, oh, it's just a joke, and he's gonna finish it. But he did the whole first setup of it, um, <laughs> and it, it, he, he does just enough of the song again um, that you're like, oh my god, he's doing the song again. Like I, I, I he completely got me. He completely got me. It was great. Oh, um, so, <laughs> so then they leave and they come back out for the encore and this is going to be fun. This is a little bit of a guessing game. Okay. He comes out and again, first, this is the first show of the second leg of the vanity tour on the first one. Every show at this point was a cover song. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is he going to do that again? Is he going to change this? Um, on that first tour, they did like 70 different cover songs throughout the tour. And this tour is like 130 shows. So I was like, are they, how many songs are they going to learn? <laughs> like, are they going to be able to do that many covers? That's crazy. Um, I mean, hold on a second. I'm going to stop you right there. Matt. Yeah. You learned the entire <laughs> discography of two bands. Oh, they bands. could do it. They could do it. There's, <laughs> I was going to say, it's just a matter of like, um, if they can learn no, yeah, 130 they're, songs. They're capable of doing it. Um, but that's it, a lot. I mean, it's a tall order. Um, so he comes out and um, he says... Uh, we're going to do something uh, we've never done before. And um, I thought this was a good idea because this song that we're about to play um, answers a question that I get asked all the time. If I'm out on the street and I run into somebody, they ask, they, everyone asks me the same question. And this song answers that question once and for all. Okay. Have any ideas? Because he said. I this mean, I was assuming the question was, "What's your favorite song of all time?" or something. Right. It's not that. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, and I will say it is a cover of somebody okay. else's song. And he set it up, and a friend of mine looked at each other, and for, incredibly, we figured it out. We looked at each other with this knowing. I was like, I think I know what he is about to do, and it it was a cover. Very first time that he has ever played it. He did not do it on the last Vanity Tour. Incredible. I got one more guess. Go. Is it meatloaf? I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. No, it's not. Okay. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. It's even more on the nose than that. Um, uh, no, he and his band did a cover of Paul Simon's You Can Call Me Al. Oh, of course. <laughs> but can you believe? And they hadn't done that. Like 70 shows of the last Vanity Tour and they did not do You Can Call Me Al. Like that is such a good choice for them it was fantastic that's a really spot-on choice that's that is shocking that they did a whole first i, leg I was blown away i was like <laughs> I, I don't know if they thought the same thing they're like how did we not think of this before this is but the i'm perfect. wondering 
I'm wondering that's so perfect that I'm wondering if that's in lieu of doing a new cover song every single show if I thought the same the thing but uh show 2 they did do a different cover song and Would it they do was show some two? they did one that they did on the first vanity tour so they oh. are going to do some repeats I guess uh the show 2 cover was uh 8675309 I mean great song great great choice <laughs> I mean, you can look at the list of the the uh, parodies that he or the covers, I should say, that he did, and they are they're great. I mean, um, uh, just yeah, he's got great taste. And but the you can call me Al thing was super special. Uh, and then after that, the closer this time instead of doing the saga begins, the closer was a medley of parodies that was mostly I have it right. It's uh, Amish Paradise, Smells Like Nirvana, White and Nerdy, Word Crimes. And then mostly they ended with Yoda. I was going to say, I feel like even during the Vanity Tour, a lot of his shows still end it with the Yoda ending because it's yes. just, it is the perfect way to send everybody home happy from any Al show. It's a great closer. They did Yoda and they did the complete, like the Yoda chant, Oh God, which so is a whole other thing to talk <laughs> about that that is, well, we'll actually in the context of a live, I was going to say we to have the, to, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a live specific and it was even extended further. Than the last time I had heard it, it was very, very long. It's um, so, it's so, it's crazy. crazy. It's a crazy thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I saw him do it in L.A. at some point in the Yoda chant, they went into Grim Grinning Ghosts from the Haunted Mansion ride and then back into the chant. Like, oh, I'm pretty sure I've seen something like that happen before because all of them can sing. Yeah, so they like all did that four part harmony for a little bit and then that's like, great right back in. They did not um, do that, but they did, which I had not seen them do before. They did a bit of The Lion Sleeps Tonight Oh, in the that's middle of nice. the chant, which yeah, again, all of that. them singing on it, it, it sounded really good. They are, it, it's a very impressive um, uh, like musical exercise they do on that stage. It, it's, I don't know exactly how they like choreograph or arrange that or whatever it is, but it seems very challenging <laughs> to do right. I feel like one of the more comparable modern day i mean modern day they're 30 years old now because time is flying past us at the speed of light mm -hmm. but um one of the more like modern contemporary comparisons i can think of for a group that has like the vocal harmony that you need with weird al that's almost in the same genre and we'll get into it because he eventually did a parody by this band but bare naked ladies if you ever seen bare naked ladies live they're also yes. very good at like having this weird break in a song where all of a sudden all like five or six of them are singing with very distinctly different harmony parts and big stuff. Time, but big time, yes. There's not a lot of bands that can do it like that anymore. No, it's like, it's really, really challenging. It was funny actually thinking about like I learned all the bass parts for Al and it was like if Steve J was ever unavailable, like, oh I could get step up there and play these songs. <laughs> but that no way. There's you're no just way. imagining you're imagining the moment where Steve J like gets a cramp in his leg and goes down and I was like oh man we need someone who has all of my songs memorized know, on right? bass. well that's I, my, my friends were joking they're like oh put your hand up and say you can do it I was like you know the other thing any of his he does a lot of the vocal parts the backing vocals on these songs yeah. and that is not my strong suit he I, that's a <laughs> that's a tall uh, a tall order to replace I CJ. feel like I feel like replacing Steve J is the only true way to get you to ever quit Weedus. Oh god! If it was I mean, that would be a yeah. That that would be a uh, quite an offer to come through. Um, yeah, it's a real, really it's a, that's that. a real Sophie's choice at that point. Yeah. You're like, oh, sorry guys, no. I got a six month Weird Al tour. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Um, 
and actually, and I don't want to like end on a down note, but I, we, this came up and I was talking about this uh, with my friends on the way home. Because these guys, uh, you realize they're getting, they're getting, they're all getting older as we all are. You're getting to where I was concerned. <laughs> I, I was thought, thinking about I thought, this yeah. too. Um, Steve J, especially, I think we said in the car, I think he's 71. Yeah. He, you know, it's, you don't realize, I think Al is the youngest of that group. Yeah, I'm not totally sure if that's true, but I think he might be the youngest one. Um, and, yeah, again, not to be morbid and not to be down about, like, it is genuinely hard for me to imagine him replacing one of those guys. I was, so when I was listening back to one of our early episodes where, you know, they were talking about, we were talking about how it's been the same four dudes from, from day one. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I was thinking kind of the same thing where I was like, I wonder if this would be kind of similar to like when Jam Master J died, where like all things considered run DMC could have still just continued doing music yeah, as run in DMC, but they were just like, no, we are like, <laughs> like this is, yeah. this is who we are and this is who we will always be. And that, that that's actually is- a really good comparison. Cause I was going to say like, and we talked about this already as well is like, it's odd that a solo act, like it's not a band's name. This is Al, yeah. a guy. And he is but the youngest. Band, I just checked. <laughs> he is the youngest, right? At 63. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, um, despite the fact that it's a solo act, it is still such a band and they well, are I such think a That's group. what the vanity tour highlights. It sounds exactly. like from what you're saying is that it, yeah. it, it almost makes you wonder it makes you wonder one of two things. It makes me wonder, A, is the Vanity Tour the last hurrah? Like, is that why they're doing 130-something you know, dates? Yeah. Because they're just like, hey, this is the final Weird Al Tour. Although I think that would have been announced ahead of time. I think it but- would have been announced. And I also, because we just, I, you know, I talked to my my buddies about this as well. Well, let like, me it would say be this, because you might to- be leading towards it. But do you think you're ever going to get a return to the traditional Weird Al that's show? Exactly or do you think it, that that's right. too much for all of them? Because I would say they all have to, they all do costume changes yeah. and all that stuff. Like that happens. Um, and it is asking a lot for, yeah, these dudes in their 70s to have to change in and out of their Devo jumpsuits in, in a minute <laughs> or less. And honestly, like, even if I went to see Weird Al when he was doing primarily parodies, I don't need the costumes. I know. You know I, I, mean? I feel the same way. Like if he was like, it's the stripped down show, but we're still going to just do all of it. Yeah. Like he's going to do eat it and he, we don't need the fat suit and all that. Like I'm, I agree. Like if that's the trade off, I'm fine with that. Um, I don't know. I, but I did think, I, I doubt that they are thinking this is the very last tour without announcing as much, but, um, you think it's sooner rather than later. Probably. I, I think maybe after this run, uh, presuming it goes well, everything goes you know according to plan. Maybe after this, they announce a full production, some version of the full production show with all the hits and parodies and whatnot, and say that that is potentially the last one with this lineup. But you never know as well. I mean, Steve J. They might have already had a conversation where Steve or anybody. Honest, I'm saying Steve because he's the he oldest. He is 71. Yeah, he's that's a- and and again, not to be. This is not a dig, but. It, you know he's 71 and it shows i mean he's yeah. an old he's an old guy he looks yeah. like an old guy he plays amazing he sounds great um but 
you know, even as a, a guy half his age, if I got booked on a six month tour, I would be ex- exhausted all just thinking about it. Yeah. That's I wonder if that's what the next thing is. I, I could see they finish this tour, they announce one last tour with the full giant crazy production. Yeah. And then random one offs. You yeah. know what I mean? Like maybe Perhaps not so. a full scale three month tour, but it's like, oh, like they're gonna do these four shows on the East Coast and then like later on three or four shows down the West Coast and yeah. you know, these kind of like almost make it destination shows, which would obviously add a much higher price tag, but at the same time it'd be like I'd even if I don't ever get to go to those shows, just knowing that they're happening would make me exactly. so happy. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, as long, as, as, even long if, as it's still out there. <laughs> even if he even if they had a conversation and it was understood that one of them was going to step away and they were going to yeah. continue without them and replace that person, um, it's still like the end of an era for sure. Yeah. If, if oh. any one of them in that band uh, decides that they don't want to or can't tour anymore. Yeah. No, that it's is a uh, we, we are ending on a morbid note on this little. Bonus I know, episode. and I'm you know, it, it, but, but no, 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 that's you know, fine. That's fine. It, it, it's uh, it's significant for an act that's <laughs> been touring for as long as they have. It's it's it it's amazing to at see those we'll guys lift, up there doing their thing. At least we'll lift everybody's spirits on Friday talking about how much we love. Stop dragging my car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> and, and and I guess if I have any sort of a a, a pitch then to follow it up. Um, if you uh, the show is fantastic, it changes every night. Um, if you have the means and you feel comfortable going out and seeing a show again, for what it's worth, I also did appreciate because it's not the same everywhere. I can't. Your mileage may vary in your city, wherever you are listening to this. But at my show, despite the fact that restrictions were lifted, it was still masks required for audience members the whole time, and uh, they did like vaccine checks at the door, which they don't have to do anymore. But Al apparently requested it for these shows, um, and the audience was very good about it. So it definitely felt like a uh, a safe event, which I appreciated, and I totally understand. Like obviously, these guys, we were talking about the struggles of bands going out and touring right now, and that's a huge part of it because there's demand for these shows. But also, it's like for any band, no matter what your level, you book a tour and you go out, and if someone in the band gets sick and they can't play for a few days, it's really, really difficult to figure out how to manage that. Um, You wind up abandoning someone in a hotel room and then the rest of the group continues and it's like they have to then figure out how to catch up at some point in time and shows either get canceled or then you have to move them to the end and then suddenly it's like the tour ends in Philadelphia and now you have to make up a show in Orlando and it's like, oh my God, now how do we do this? Like, it's just a mess. Like, it's very difficult. So um, I imagine like right before the show, the four shows that you guys are doing next mm. month, it's like you're just like staying in your house for, <laughs> for you being as safe as we possibly it. can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's it's such a you know you get into this well, is a whole other podcast we could do yeah. honestly, but um, uh, yeah, you, you try your best to be safe about it and put on and you know like it's at everyone's peril if someone gets sick, and at the same time, it also feels oddly futile in so many ways like yeah. some of the <laughs> safest and most cautious people i know have gotten sick so it's like oh my god it's like you know it's just it's just the current nature of the world i guess yeah, it's but it's gonna get us old buddy it's gonna get i know us exactly at some point um, but anyway having said all that if you uh check his dates if he is coming to your area and you are feeling up to going out and going to a show 
I highly recommend it. I don't know, as we said, don't know how many more opportunities we're going to get to see Al. It is the vanity tour, which means it is only originals and no parodies aside from a uh, medley at the end of your show, which may or may not change from night to night. Um, but it is a real treat to see him and his amazing band play only the uh, Al original music, some of which is just some of the best stuff he has ever made. Uh, and also on a high note, just to, to leave us off on this, if you're a fan of Weedus and MC Lars, there's a couple shows that people can check out this month as well, right? That is right. Uh, I'm going to do the dates from memory because that's how good I am. Um, May 19th, Thursday, May 19th in Baltimore at Metro Gallery. Friday, May 20th in Wayne, Pennsylvania at 118 North. Saturday, May 21st at Atlantic City. We are doing a free show as the after party for a chili cook-off, which I am just saying that out loud makes me so happy. I'm so excited. I have already started to message some of the hot sauce vendors and be like, I want samples, please and thank you. Um, and uh, Sunday, March 20, uh, sorry, Sunday, May 22nd uh, in Amityville, New York, very close to where I grew up uh, at the Amityville Music Hall. Nice. Well, yeah. those are your four shows. Go check it out. Say hi to Matthew. I might even be at one of those shows. Uh, I hope you are. We've never met IRL, and this is our chance. Let's oh, do it. I'll bring the Zoom. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's do it. Like, mid-show podcast. Yeah, just stop. <laughs> Middle of the song Teenage Dirtbag. We'll yeah. record a full 30-minute podcast, and then... Brandon can just get right back to the female vocals to that's like it. close out that's the song. It. I think I think that's what the audience wants. <laughs> <laughs> that's All the right, we'll piece. be back on Friday with a more weird algorithm. Thanks, Matt. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 